Welcome into the Harvest Friends. We are here to bring you the confidence you need to be a disciple and make disciples in the everyday places of life. My name is Lakeith. I'm joined here by my two co-hosts, Abigail and Andrew. How you guys doing? Doing great, hey. brother. Good to see you. Yeah, good to see you guys too. It feels like it's been a long time, so we apologize for our visuals for uh, the Zoom meeting. The podcast is going to look a little different over the next uh, maybe couple months. But the reason is our good friend and good partner in the faith, Zach, he is no longer with us. He is, uh, he he's is, not he is, dead. He's a traveling man. <laughs> he's not dead. <laughs> he's still alive. He's doing well. But I think the Lord is calling him somewhere else. So um, we're kind of praying through next step. But we're, man, we're so thankful for his, his work that he's done. As you can tell, we're going to be downgraded for a little bit. <laughs> we don't have all that powerhouse with us. But uh, yeah, you guys want to send Zach off with anything? Man, he he um, definitely helped us look good um, or the best we could look um, for quite some time, and so I'm gonna really miss him. It's gonna be sad to not have his his uh, grumpy opinions um, to just to make me a better person. Um, so I really appreciate. <laughs> I appreciate it, and I'm just gonna like keep his his like voice in the back of my mind as I move forward try to strive to be better so i'm gonna really miss that yeah i mean it's it's kind of like um i don't know the, the the chemical composition of the team is definitely different because zach like like you said abby he's um he's a perfectionist he's he's got very strong opinions about things and so it was kind of always funny i think i feel like you and he especially oh, man, um, the, always, the dynamic duo on these <laughs> on these podcast sessions oh um, i just loved it because i i really it was like i it was a challenge to just ruffle Zach's feathers. Like, <laughs> so, my goal in life. So some of that was obviously you're in Texas. We're here in California, and Zach is our tech guy. So just so our listeners and viewers can imagine, you know, Zach's trying to walk Abby through a lot of tech issues, whether it's like getting her microphone to work or helping her find the link to log on. I don't know. It was every every episode yes. was probably something, but yeah, Zach, I'm not um, good at that stuff, you guys. Yeah, no, it was it was <laughs> it was truly truly an adventure to say the least. And uh, right. for you guys that know Zach, you know he's uh yeah walking with the Lord. He's doing well. Uh, we're sorry to the fans we never got to meet him. We couldn't get him on camera. We tried every every yeah. angle we got. So hard. He Abby, I mean, he, he's a real person. He yeah, yeah. Um, exactly. No, we we love Zach. Zach, if you're listening, we um we hope you're doing well right now. I think he's on the drive. I think he's in Arizona right now. But yeah, Zach, he's in AC. Yeah. He's been a huge part of the team over the past few years. And yes, folks will definitely kind of see uh, what his loss means here over the next few episodes sure. while we try to figure out a, everything he was doing. Yeah, yeah Zach. So we know you're the non-monster. You probably don't want these flowers right now, but we're giving you your flowers. But here you go, man. So, Right. I love it. All right, we have a listener question here today coming from Brian Hero. I think it's a really good question. He says, in what ways are you supposed to imitate Christ? Or in what ways are we supposed to imitate Christ? Uh, who wants to tackle that one first from Brian? Well, I'll, uh, I'll jump in first just because I got to cheat. Brian and I actually are good friends. And he had sent this in, I think, a couple months ago. But then he and I had a chance to catch up on the phone um, last week. And so we talked a little bit about this. So I'll share just a little bit of what we had uh, talked about there. And then we'd love to get your guys' thoughts too. Um, first, I think for people who do appreciate that we're supposed to walk in the footsteps of Jesus, a lot of times we default to the character of Jesus. So Jesus was kind, Jesus was loving, Jesus was gentle. And I, I totally agree with that. I, I do think we're supposed to follow in the footsteps of Jesus in terms of of his character as a person. He was, he was a good, upright, righteous man, and we should be striving to imitate him in that sense. But there were a few other things that sometimes I know in my own life, I've overlooked you guys. And um, three that came to mind were uh, first, his perspective. Uh, as I read the gospels, I'm always struck that Jesus, he, he didn't get caught up in the things that we tend to get caught up. And so, um, he had a much broader perspective of life, time, uh, his purpose on earth. And I would just kind of summarize that in that you know, Jesus had an eternal perspective. 
And so I think that's a challenge for us that we tend to think very in the moment. We think things of this earth. And one way that we should be striving to imitate Jesus is his uh, perspective. And then a second, I think, was his attitude. And I think of that verse in Philippians 2, where it says, um, have the same attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. Um, so, and it, it had to do specifically with his willingness to submit to the Father, that he, he did not consider himself above obedience, but he humbled himself, he took on the form of a human, and he became obedient even unto death. So I think um, an attitude of submission and being a servant was a second way. And the last thing was his mission. And this is probably the one that gets missed the most, I think, by believers, because you know, Jesus said it is finished when he was on the cross. And so in that sense, his, his mission of dying as the Lamb of God was finished. But his mission of spreading the message that God had sent him to the earth to spread, that's one that he passed on to his disciples. And that's why the Great Commission is so important to go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. That mission is still ongoing. Jesus said to do that until the end of the age. And so I think uh, his perspective, um, you know, having a, an eternal perspective, his attitude of submission and servanthood, and then his mission that he was on mission for God, to uh, reconnect others to him are three ways that, um, you know, I want to imitate Jesus. And I know that that's like really packaged, but that's because I got to have a, a conversation with oh Brian. <laughs> so before I throw it to you guys, I think part of what Brian was getting at was, well, obviously Jesus was a Jewish man in a Jewish culture 2000 years ago. He wore sandals. He didn't have social media. So like I kind of laid out three very broad ways that we can imitate Jesus, but I guess how extreme do we take it? You know, Jesus didn't write a book. He didn't start a seminary. Uh, so like we're doing stuff online. We're not really imitating Jesus in those specific ways. So where's the line between following him in a general way and following his specific actions? What do you guys think? You want to go first? Yeah, I can go first. Uh, Andrew just updated a question on us and uh, <laughs> added yeah. another layer to it. Well, it's he already answered deep, right? the first one, so it was like, well, let's have a different question. Right, right. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, in what ways are we supposed to imitate Jesus? I think a big thing that came to mind to me is uh, being able to relate to people. Uh, I don't know how Jesus pulled it off, but each individual he uh interacted with that we have recorded he was able to connect and relate with them in a way that drew them out you know so uh, I don't know if it was just asking the right question trick questions or asking uh, piercing questions but Jesus was a master at it he always uh he always had a, a way of you know drawing people out so I want to get better at yeah you know, being timely with my words asking the right questions being able to relate to people uh, it seemed like he used like everyday things. I know we talk a lot about making disciples in everyday places of life, but yeah, he used every, you know, you see that, uh, that tree over there, you, you see this mountain right here and go call your husband, you know, how did he know that? Like, how did he, uh, how did he know like right when that button was to press it? Um, so yeah, I don't, I'm not, I want to keep growing and being like Jesus in that way to ask the right questions to really get people to, to draw themselves out. So, because we do want them to come to him eventually. And a part of that is being able to relate to them and see, help them see their need for him. Uh, and to do that, I think we gotta be tactical like Jesus. So asking good questions is mine. Mm, that's a good one. And I think Andrew, to kind of go back to what you were asking there at the end, um, because we live in a different culture, like completely different. I mean, for one, we're not in a Jewish culture. So there was um, definitely a lot going on in that environment. I mean, a different time, a, just literally everything. And so I think the way you guys both responded is you're picking out the qualities of who Jesus was um, and how can we then put those into our modern world. So what I was hearing from you were several things that I'd written down as well. So one is that he 100% knew his identity in in the father, like he just got it like a hundred percent, but that was also because he was 
God too. So that helped. But for us, I think we do need to make that a really high priority for ourselves. Do we know our identity in Christ? And I think that's an ongoing thing. I think we're always learning that, but continually bringing that back um, in our relationship with God and continuing to ask him about who we are in Christ Jesus is really helpful in what we're going to do and how we're going to interact with others. And then he was very, very missional. And I think this can be hard too, because I'm like, man, he had just this very specific mission laid out for him. And I don't feel like my mission is that specific, right? And so I think that brings me back to the Great Commission, which is kind of our very specific mission that we've been given and how can we just be so tied into it that we don't get distracted. Um, and so I agree with you, Keith, and that these are things that I feel like all need work, but that we can really spend a lifetime trying to be like Jesus in these ways. And I love the asking questions um, thing because, man, he really did just know how to like just get into the heart of an issue. Um, terrible question asker. But I think the last one is his prayer life was just rock star. And that's going to come up um, later in this episode too, Keith. So I won't go into it too much here. But I think that just the way uh, Jesus did really work hard to stay um, tied in with the father um, was is, is key to who he was and who, and like how his ministry played out. So I think those are the areas that we can imitate in our modern world. Um, and I, I think it's going to look different, obviously, <laughs> but um, those are things that if we, I think just really strive for um, and probably for the rest of our lives, then we're on the right track. Yeah. I would say one, one resource that folks want to dig deeper into this, and we've got this on the website, intotheharvest.org. Um, the book is called Master Plan of Evangelism by Robert Coleman. And some of you who are watching or listening, you've, you're familiar with that book, but others you may not have uh, checked it out. I would highly recommend it. it. It highlights eight principles from the life of Jesus that carry over into modern times. And so We've also got a study guide on there that's for, that's free, so you can download that and uh, work through that with the book. And um, hopefully that'll help you guys dig deeper into this this topic that Brian asked. Yeah, great question, Brian. Yeah, Andrew just wants you guys to check out the new website because uh, we've been doing a lot of work on that. So please go check it out. And uh, we right. love getting questions. We really do. So if you if you're listening and anything comes to mind and you want us to try to tackle it, uh, send us a message on Facebook or. Uh, message us on Instagram or send us an email at into, info at into, into the harvest.org. It's always a mouthful trying to get that out. <laughs> but yeah, send us your questions, please. For our main topic today, we're going to be talking about increasing my faith. Uh, I'm super grateful to have you guys who've been following us for a long time. So if you made it to this episode, you're probably like a loyal listener. And for that, we're super grateful. Uh, but that also means that uh, you've been around a block, like you're no longer, a, you're not a baby believer, you're not uh, someone new, who's new to the faith. So we want to speak to you guys about how do we increase our faith. Uh, so the first question that we have is, what are some of the qualities a mature believer should possess in your own life? How have you seen uh, fruit be important? So yeah, what are some of the qualities that, are, that you would look for in a mature believer or how would you gauge a person off of that? And then obviously, um, you know, a tree is known by its fruit. Uh, so why is that portion of it important as well? Andrew, you want to tackle that one first? Yeah, I'll take a first stab at it. You know, when I was, um, when I was reflecting on this question, um, I think the first thing that stood out to me was just the importance of maturity or even the concept of maturity. And I want to start there because when I was a young believer, that, that isn't something that I actually was familiar with. I, I guess my idea of being a Christian was that you ascribe to a certain set of beliefs and you basically um, signed up for being a Christian versus other beliefs that you could have, whether that was atheism or um, you know being a Muslim or being Jewish. Um, and you were just sort of joining a team, I guess, or you were, you were ascribing to a certain set of beliefs. And once you had signed up, you know, that was it. You, you didn't really have anything to do except try to be a decent person and wait for the next life. And so, um, yeah, I didn't have this idea that you were supposed to actually progress and grow and mature. 
But you're right, the Bible over and over gives us this picture, whether it's through uh, comparing it to physical birth, Jesus said you had to be born again, um, or whether it's, it's paralleling it with um, fruitfulness and not just being planted, but growing to maturity and bearing fruit. All throughout the scriptures, there's the idea that we as believers, should we're going to start immature and we're going to grow to maturity. And so I love this question because I do think that it should be what, what uh, describes our own faith. And I think the starting point for me is becoming uh, more focused on others and you know, more focused on God. And so, you know, John the Baptist has that, that famous verse where he says, he must increase, but I must decrease. And so I think um, someone who's maturing, and I've seen this in my own life, their life becomes more and more about God's plan for them or what God says about their identity, you know, going back at you to what you were saying. Uh, rather than what I think about my identity or, or what I want to accomplish in life. So you, I think you become more focused on God, more God-centered versus self-centered. And uh, that begins to show up in, in submission. And then I think you become more focused on others as well, other people around you. Um, and that really shows up on wanting to, in wanting to serve and actually help others, um, whether that's in practical ways or, or whether it's helping them come to faith and get to know God. Um, and so I think that's actually the quality that should be present, you know, throughout our maturing, whether it's very early days or uh, for those of us who've been walking with Jesus for a while, we should still be striving to be more focused on others, whether focused on God, focused on other humans. And uh, I think that's why Jesus, the very first thing he said is, if anyone wishes to come after me, let him deny himself. And so I think if we're not willing to begin to deny ourselves and begin to, to turn outward, then um, it's really hard to mature. Um, and you really see this even with, with kids, like the most selfish humans on the planet are one month old, you know, like two months old. They have no concern over... Um, how rough a day the parents have had or how tired mom is. I mean, if the baby is hungry, that's all the baby's focused on is uh, it's its own life, its own world, and uh, has no clue what else is going on in the, the cosmos around them. So um, I think that's the first thing that comes to my mind is, is becoming more others focused and, and less, less self-focused. It's really funny. You like totally stole my example, except I didn't go like that far back. I was like, have you met a two-year-old? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that's really nice of you to like give them some time, but honestly, have you met yeah. a two-year-old? <laughs> right. But that's really um, such a great point. And I think um, to kind of, to add to that uh, when walking through this in my mind before we got started um, was just how uh, I feel like over time we realize how little we do know. Um, I think if you talk to me when I was in my 20s, um, I was like pretty sure that I knew what was up in life. Like, I, in fact, Andrew did know me when I was in my 20s. And I'm probably like, probably totally was like, Andrew, let me help you. <laughs> So I think that over time, we just realize more and more, like how much we don't know, um, which I know it sounds totally backwards, but I really do think that that is, is true maturity is realizing just how little we are and just how any, we're, we were talking about fruit there, like what, you know, what is, is fruit important? And it is, but I think that the longer I'm around on this planet and the longer I do ministry, the more I realize that even the fruit has very little to, I don't even want to take credit for any of it because I know that it's not because of us at all. It's really just the Holy Spirit. So um, it sounds like really like a downer and a depressing thing, but it's not, it's actually really wonderful to realize that I don't know very much. And what I do know, I probably don't know as well as I thought I did. And then also that any fruit that we get to see is just a gift from the father because really, um, we're, we're, uh, we're just a mess. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it's not, I'm just, I'm here to just uh, point to how little I, I do know. Um, so that's my answer. <laughs> no, no, Abby, I think that's real good. That's awesome. Good humble pie for us. 
dial back my answer a little bit then, you know, I'm just, but uh, I think it's similar, like what you were saying uh, earlier, Andrew, about being focused on others, you know, so you take a guy like Peter, who we were drawing a lot of this motivation from this question, from, but um, yeah, at one point, Jesus was telling Peter, like, hey, the enemy wants you, trying to sift you like wheat, but I pray for you that your faith uh, may not fail, and when you turn, strengthen your brothers, you know, so uh, like really both of you were, were saying about not being selfish, like we, we almost take the attention off of ourselves, like it's not just, it's not just us or our walk with Jesus and uh, us being healthy uh, for the sake of not, you know, missing out on the, the bad eternity, but it's to help others, like Jesus wants to use our lives to uh, to impact other people, so I think that uh, that's where that fruit, like, comes in into play, and it plays out, because the result of your life should be people, you know, we should really be zooming in on that, and um, yeah, I think that's easier said than done sometimes, I'm not going to lie, because <laughs> our kids are all pretty selfish, but uh, man, secretly, I'm pretty selfish, too, you know, so whether it's my time, or my emotional capacity or my mental capacity. Sometimes I do not want to give that away. Yeah. But um, yeah, like you said, Abby, for the for the Holy Spirit, just bringing promises to mind. Like, hey, it's not when you've turned, strengthen it. It's not when you've turned, go relax or go uh, right. Or really smell the roses. So. Yeah, I think that you're really connecting to another quality. I, I think, which is sacrifice. You know. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, good word. For that yeah. that's something that that should be more and more characteristic of our lives because you know you can be more focused on other people, like you can be more aware of the needs around you, and just be like, well, I'm not going to do that. Uh, mm -hmm. That's so someone else will step up and and take care of that need. But it's always inspiring to see people. And again, like if you've got kids, I've got four kids. Um, when you see kids, like those are really proud moments for a parent, you know, to see a kid not only see the need, but then go out of his or her way to help a younger sibling out or help mom or dad out. It really is a sign of, well, there's a maturing that's happening in this, in this kid that is, is a, a huge encouragement to see. And I think, I just imagine that that's how God feels, you know, when he sees us not only see needs, but we'd be willing to kind of put our own desires second and uh, make some sacrifices to help others out. Yeah, I think, you know, this is one of the things that we probably all saw a lot of um, within this COVID season um, was we all got a little like back into self-involvement in a lot of ways because we were all like, you know, how are we doing? You know, how is it doing? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we or this is why I can talk about it because I was there. I can tell you from firsthand experience. But I think um, I, I realized that it's actually habits too. Like I had a habit of being outward focused, and then I got out of the habit of being yeah. outward focused, and that was humbling. I didn't know it could happen so quickly, but you can really get. Um, in the either way. So I hope that's encouraging. If you start this, if you think, you know what, we're going to start being outward focused and we're going to like do the hard thing, which is like talking to our neighbors or like that's stressful. And I don't like to talk to strangers, um, but I'm going to do it and I'm going to start doing it. Well, it really actually does get easier over time. Like these are things that do get easier. If you're like, I'm going to open my house up for church or for a Bible study or for gathering, like the first few times you're really anxious and you have like a lot of stress related to what will that look like? Will people um, look under my bathroom sink? You know, that will start to enter your mind. And then you just start to not care. And you're like, I hope they see, you know, what's going on under my bathroom sink. Cause it's <laughs> um, so I think like, these are things that we can actually build the muscle of, of each one of the, you know, these elements, like this is not a lost cause for us, but I think, you know, it's having the desire to do it, to be obedient in those areas, and then asking the Lord to help us to do it, because we can't just do it in our own strength. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think, I think I was surprised how quickly I lost some of my, my outward focus muscles. <laughs> Uh, I mean, thanks, thanks for being vulnerable on that one. I think that's really helpful for sure. I'm, th I'm, I'm telling you, I really appreciate learning from you guys too, because when you come across passages where Jesus is saying like, hey, who seeks 
to save his life will lose his life. You know, but he who loses his life will save his life. You know, it's like, ah, I think this is what they're talking about. Like, I think this is what Jesus is getting at. So, uh, yeah, it's it's encouraging. So I know you guys are being being humble and uh, being vulnerable, but it's really helpful. We're being mature, Keith. Ah, there it is. Faith right now. I'm just really trying. <laughs> really trying. <laughs> All right, for our second question on our topic of increasing your faith, um, we want to talk about not becoming stagnant. So how do you not become stagnant in your walk with the Lord? And uh, how should we apply versus like Second Peter, where, where it lists all of these qualities that a mature believer should, uh, should have. And then it says, if these qualities are yours and they're increasing, it will keep you uh, from becoming ineffective and unfruitful in your walk in the Lord. So... Uh, yeah, how do you not become stagnant, guys? I, uh, I'm very curious to hear your thoughts. How do we keep growing? Yeah, Abby, you want to take a stab at that one first? How do we, I think it's a great yeah. question because yeah. you can you can obviously, a lot of times we can equate knowledge or time as a believer with maturity. Like, oh, I've been a believer for 20 years, so I must be mature, right? But there's this second issue of not becoming stagnant which usually happens when you have been a believer for a long time. So what do you think, Dabs? I, I think a lot of it has to do um, with what I said in my, in the, when answering the first question, which was about you know thinking you know everything. So just knowing that you don't and that there's always mm-hmm. something new to learn. Um, and I think uh, the other part to that is not getting comfortable um, because I can easily... Um, you know, work hard for something. And then it, like I was just saying, you know, we get into the routine of like having people in our house or um, talking to our neighbors. And then we think, oh, this is it. Like, this is all. And now I've figured it all out and now I'm good to go. And so it's allowing things to challenge you um, to see that there's still blind spots that we have. We really are all like onions. And the Lord is really like taking down those layers. Um, and all of us. And thank goodness he doesn't just rip it all off in one go because none of us would survive it. But instead, he is, you know, the being faithful with a little and he's going to give more and you can be faithful with more. And so I think it's seeing our lives in that way of if we're being faithful in the little things, um, then it feels big at first and then it feels little and then he's going to add something else. So I think there's always needs to be this like tension there, I think. Um, and so for me, it's when I start to feel comfortable is when I start praying that verse, you know, like search my heart and know my mind, you know, see if there's any anxious thoughts in me, like, uh, because I know I'm probably putting on blinders about something because that's going to make me feel it's going to be something new. And I don't like new stuff at all. I really hate new. So I think for me, it's, um, just really, knowing that there's always more um he'll always take us deeper and that's pretty exciting actually so i think that should help us to not feel stagnant too um I, maybe it should be more like what's going to make us feel tight like how do we overcome feeling like exhausted and tired yeah <laughs> maybe we should talk about that somebody else <laughs> talk about that because that's what i need to know the answer to how do you uh, not want to quit and uh, just be super exhausted by it all <laughs> Yeah, well, I almost feel like that's a, that's, that's a, not a different subject, but you can spend a whole lot of time like drilling down on that. Or next time, you guys. Maybe we could, because I do think that there's an issue there, and and a lot of believers struggle with that, that, you know, if they are really striving to follow Jesus and serve, you know, you you can just, you can, you can experience burnout. Yeah. So I do think that that's something worth, um, stay tuned. Yeah, it's like the opposite side of stagnation. But you know, you were talking about um, being comfortable, and that's one of the things that's it's one of those weird ironies in life that we're always I'm always seeking comfort like that. I want to find that space where I just I'm in the zone, and um, you know things are going the way I hope they would go, and I feel good but not overstretched. And um, I know this is just a, a general concept. This isn't just a Christian concept, but in order for growth to happen, you really have to be just a bit out of your comfort zone, but not too far out of it. If you're too far out of it, then 
you just uh, get destroyed or you get overwhelmed or broken. Uh, and this is true for physical training as well as I think spiritual training or even just intellectual training. If you're trying to teach a fourth, a fourth grader, you know, seventh grade level um, academics, it's not going to help them. They're actually going to get discouraged and, and frustrated. So um, you always want to be just a little bit out of your comfort zone, but you don't want to be comfortable or you're, or you're not going to be growing. Like you said, Abby, I think it's one of the, the great promises is that you know, Jesus and you know, the Lord is going to lead us into challenging um, times and challenging circumstances because he wants us to grow. So if you're just completely comfortable, then you know, that's, that is probably a little bit of a yellow flag that, man, am I missing it? Because the Lord will definitely give you moments of rest, but generally speaking, He's going to be wanting us to, to be stressed and to, to be in those uncomfortable but not overwhelming circumstances so that we can become more like him. I think it's great that we don't, we're in our faith, um, our belief in Jesus and in the Bible. Like uh, we don't have one of those faiths where um, you kind of arrive to your destination, you know. So like if I do these three things, then that's it, you know, like uh and we know that like the moment you accept Jesus and you recognize and respond to who he is, eternity starts right then, you know. Uh, yeah, Jesus has us forever. But yeah, that's not game over. So uh, I feel like as believers, we're always chasing, like we're always thriving. Uh, we never come to this point where it's like, okay, I've made it. I can rest on my uh, my, my laurels and I'm good right here. I don't, I don't need anything else, but because there's always something to be working on. So that's the, like one of the first things that comes to mind. And then I think we have a very real uh, example in our bodies, how I get like my body gets snicked up and I'm sore or something like that. And I was like, man, this body's just wasting away, you know? And uh, at the same time, like we get to renew what's in here, you know, God gets to work on things from the past or, you know, sin or like you name it, uh, we can be made new on the inside as the outside is, you know, going down. So that kind of encourages me not to stay still because there's still more work to do. And um, I thought Andrew was going to shout, shout himself out, but I should have known better, you know. Uh, but he, he definitely motivated me a lot for this question, just thinking about, I don't know how you went from running, uh, you know, one or two miles to doing long runs to a marathon marathon to an ultra marathon but there had to be something in you that pushed you to that next level you know and uh obviously you're a little bit older than abby and i uh <laughs> but you're uh, you're climbing new mountains man so yeah i think uh, just having to i don't know like finding whatever it is that makes you go spiritually speaking like i'm not just talking about anything mm -hmm. like uh ways to keep it new doing something you haven't done before but uh, there's so many possibilities with our faith because god has left it left it open so. Yeah, there's a um, there's a quote in, that I've, I've heard people who knows what who came up with it. They said that you don't get old and stop working out. Uh, you stop working out and you get old. And I think that there's some, I think there's some truth to that spiritually. You know, that um, because all of us just kind of want to get to that point in life where um, you don't have to strive anymore. Like you did that. You know, you you had those experiences. You you pushed yourself really hard. But again, like that's that's the the subtle irony or the twist in life, I think spiritually or physically, that you know, when you stop really striving and growing, you know, in a sense, life is over at that point. Um, and you're just sort of waiting to die. <laughs> so I think it's true spiritually too that we should always be uh, growing, we should always be working out our faith. Because that's actually where we're going to experience uh, life. You know, we're going, to, we're going to be going forward, not not backwards. So, yeah, you know, that reminds me of um, many, many years ago. I did like a stint doing uh, Meals on Wheels for like elderly people who are stuck at home. And one of the things that I learned from that experience is there are old people, and then there are old people, and they can be the same age. <laughs> But it really does have to do with a mentality. And I think it really boils down to where the focus is. Um, you And it probably is starting now for us. Like you think like, oh, I've got, you know, some 
40 plus years until I have to worry about that. I don't know. It depends mm. on how long you think you're going to live. But I, I think it really is starting now because is, are we out, outward focused now? Or are we inward focused now? Because as time goes on, if you're already being inward focused, there's just going to be more and more to worry about, you know, like I'm going to mm -hmm. just start having like achy bones. And then when you talk to me, all I'm going to tell you about are my achy bones. But if you've had an outward focused attitude this whole time, then you're going to tell us about your grandchildren or your, you know, your neighbor or what's going on at the senior center or whatever, you know, there's a difference just in mentality. And we can start that now. In fact, we should <laughs> while we're not having achy bones because they're going to be harder and harder to ignore. So I think that all wraps up spiritually as well. Um, I just love, love generations in a church to see, you know, literally from babies all the way up until, you know, the elderly. And a lot of that has to do with that reminder of what our faith um, can still do and still accomplish when we are older. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with that outward focus. And we mm. got to practice that. We got to work those muscles. Mm. Andrew's talking about literal muscles, but I'm not because <laughs> that's not how, how I <laughs> Hey, it still was motivating happy. You guys are dropping off right now. So, yeah. I'm just, what is an ultra marathon? Like, how many miles is that? So, an ultra marathon is anything over a marathon, technically. So, oh. a marathon is 26 miles. So, if you run 27 miles, I guess you've done an ultra marathon because it's it's more. So, how much did you do? So, this past weekend, I did a 50 mile oh, race in uh, in Utah, which was amazing. It was in Bryce Canyon National Park. Uh, Very somewhere. nice pictures. Yeah, cool. some of you. I had never been there, but beautiful, beautiful area, and. Uh, yeah, it was it was an adventure for sure. But they go all the way up to like 200 plus miles. Yeah, so there's some crazy people out there. Yeah, you know what? If you have to take a nap in right. between, <laughs> then you're running too long. Yeah. That's and just my little word of advice. That. <laughs> oh man. Wow. Well, congratulations. That really is <laughs> yeah, no, <good> awesome. Stuff. <laughs> Thanks. We won't brush over that too much because that's pretty oh, right. incredible. All right, for our faith and culture section, um, we want to talk about some heavy stuff uh, because, yeah, it, it relates to what's going on in society today. Like uh, a big topic, a lot of people are talking about it. And as believers, we are concerned. Um, and yeah, this is a space where we can talk about it. So uh, guys, what are your thoughts on everything that's going on in the Middle East, with Gaza, uh, Palestine, Israel, and the unrest over there? And um yeah, I, I know you've been berated with a, a bunch of news articles or videos or thoughts on social media. So, um, yeah, Andrew, what do you think about uh, the unrest over there and everything going on? Yeah, um, man, there's, uh, well, this is going to be, at least from my point of view, three three total amateurs talking about a, a very complex perfect. the Thank key you, started with Thank the wrong you. person um <laughs> i guess i think about it on a couple of levels i think about it on just a i guess a political social level um obviously there's unrest there's there's conflict um people are are suffering and and so there's that humanitarian level that I think would be true no matter where this this conflict is happening, and obviously it's a, it's an ongoing uh, an ongoing um, conflict that's been happening um, really for centuries, but certainly over the past hundred years um, since Israel became a nation state in the uh, 1940s, um, and really even before then, when the Jewish people really began to to migrate back to um, Israel, Palestine. Uh, in the early 1900s. So there is a tremendous amount of history that's there. Um, and uh, again, that's why for us over in San Diego and Texas, um, you know, we just don't have that, that perspective. Um, but, you know, I know Keith and I have been able to go over there. Abby, I don't know if you've been over to Israel, but... I haven't. It's on my it bucket is, list, but I'm going to hold off. Yeah, it is It is something that I think is, is a real privilege to be able to do because otherwise all you're seeing are clips and I would say that too that almost everything you're seeing it's it's not just coming from an unbiased 
point of view. It's 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 coming from typically either a pro-Israel or a pro-Palestinian point of view, and and you're going to have to to filter that out or just be aware that that someone's giving you details, but it's not all the details, and the details are being presented in a certain way. So I mean, the first level I think is the humanitarian side, and then the second one kind of um, gets into well, what are the implications for this um, since Israel, the Jewish people, that part of the world is such a, a huge part of the scriptures and even prophecies that we have that as believers, um, most believers are still looking forward to being fulfilled. Um, and so, you know, we can kind of talk about it on those two levels. Um, but I, I actually try to keep it mostly on the humanitarian side because um, I think that I, I personally do believe that God has a purpose and a plan for the Jewish people um, and for that part of the world specifically. There's, there's so many prophecies that um, are in the scriptures. And I just finished reading Ezekiel in my uh, Bible reading plan. And I'm reading the last eight, nine chapters of Ezekiel where he's talking about this new temple and his people and, and how the Levites are going to be sacrifices. And I just have to say, I don't, I don't know. Like, is that is that actually still going to happen? Um, is it actually going to be that literal that there will be another temple? Because that the stuff I was reading in Ezekiel, it has not happened yet. So, even though a temple was built after Ezekiel, the, the second temple that Jesus would have visited, um, that was after Ezekiel. Um, but it's still what Ezekiel was describing was not happening. Um, you know, God's people were still under the rule of Rome at that time. So I think Paul in Romans um, 9 through 11, as I read those chapters, it does seem to me that there is a future purpose and plan that God has for the Jewish people and uh, for the physical descendants of Abraham. How these recent events play into that, I, I have no idea. I really don't. I do think that we can um, become too quick to assume that the end times are here because you know these rocket attacks are happening or, or something is happening. I, I don't. I really don't think it's going to go down that way. I think, um, like Jesus said, no one knows. So I would say that there's there's unrest between these two uh, these these two people groups right now, the the Palestinians and the Israelis. And I'm sure it has some connection to God's plan, but I don't have a verse in the Bible that I could say like, oh, that's the rocket attacks are uh, talked about in Revelation, you know, chapter 13. And this is the sign that it's all coming to an end, guys. Um, I would have thought, honestly, like if I lived in the 40s, like yeah. Hitler was the Antichrist. Like this was so obvious that Jesus is yeah. coming back any day now. And obviously that hasn't happened. So I um. I just think we we need to be humble and trust God and not get um, too too caught up in this latest flare up of conflict over there. Yeah, but sometimes you got to know your friends, man, Andrew. I think that was a good response. Huh? Just got to know your friends. Sometimes I uh, don't know if I could tackle that the way you approached it that first time. But well, well, I think too you got to know your friends. I mean, I think all of us have people that are very passionate about this, like in, in the Christian community that yeah. very pro-Israel, um, I don't know if you'd say anti-Palestinians, but, um, and so sometimes they can want you to be just as as passionate or just as um, focused on, I guess, the geopolitical events as, as they are. But Abby, have you experienced that in your interactions with people there in your church or your community? Um, not specifically in our church. Uh, we really uh, try to steer clear of all political things. And I th feel like this falls into that category to, to a lot of extent. Um, but I agree that I think we should focus on just the real tragedy that's going down. Um, however you look at this, there's a lot of people um, being deeply impacted um, just in this whole thing because war is not awesome. So um, that being said, I will say um, I kind of do look at this um, spiritually for sure, because we do know that 
God is at work in all nations. Um, he puts people on the throne and he takes them off. We know that God is at work to draw people to himself. And so I really think that's my big prayer. And what I try to bring up when this comes up in conversation is just, wow, clearly big things are happening and we just need to be praying for hearts to turn yeah. to, to Jesus because of this. And I'm glad you brought up um, the 40s, Andrew, because I think we saw a lot of Jews come to Christ through their Christian neighbors during that time. We also lost a lot of Jews, which was, you know, tragic and horrible, no matter what genocide is a terrible thing. So I think anytime we see movement of this nature, even in our own country, we want to be praying and asking God to use it for his his great purposes, that's what our minds should turn to is how is this going to bring people to Jesus on both sides? I, in a, my weird and only Abigail's idea, I'm not going to write a book on this, is that God is going to use the Muslims to make the Jews jealous. Because I think having Muslims come to Christ and worship Christ and recognize him as the savior would make Jews furious, like beyond belief. But it should also, there's, you know, verses about the Jews being jealous and that's their way. And I think who better to be jealous of than your literal cousins. So I also pray for that side of this conflict. So I think we don't know how it will turn out, but I do think that we're safe when we pray, when we ask God to use it, this um, for his, for his purposes to draw men and women to him. Um, and this conflict has been going on literally for generations. And I think the only place that we can really do better is not just taking a side right. of like the Jews are right or the Palestinians are right, but um, just blanketly because we're Christians. Um, yeah. But instead to really uh, see how we can humanitarily help um, are there, you know, ways that we can help these people who are just locked in conflict um, mm -hmm. and, you know, children starving and so forth? So what can we do on that front? Because I think that's really the only way we as just little people can help in any way, but also just really praying because whether it's the end times or not, these are real humans in the middle of a horrible conflict and how this is when people start getting on their knees. So I'm just begging Jesus to bring people to him. Yeah, I guess a cool way to respond, uh, Abby, like that's definitely the proper proper response because uh, God's not limited like we are. We can only do so much. Our range only extends so far, but his doesn't. You know, so falling on our knees is, uh, yeah, is a very appropriate response. And I think for me, I, I'm learning that it's okay to not know how to feel or not know uh, like you say, where to stand on some of these things, because you do see people being quick to respond, you know, and I think that was James warning uh, in his book was saying, be quick, you know, quick to listen, quick to hear, quick to understand. So I think uh, a lot of believers are more so quick to respond to where, yeah, yeah, you, you can see something very tragic or something. And, and instead of uh, being sympathetic or empathetic, it's a very hard line that's drawn in the sand. So um yeah, I think uh, when I do see things going down in the Middle East, it does make my ears perk up just about, hey, but how does this relate to the end times? Like, uh, and I don't want to be insensitive because, um, yeah, people did lose their lives. But if we're keeping it uh, all the way, like 100, like all of us are going to go that way at some past, you know, so being able to, just, to think about the big picture and like, think like, how does this apply to, uh, to Jesus's time and him coming back? Uh, yeah, it almost motivates me to stay focused on him and help people focus on him. So, yeah, not saying that we have the answers or that we know exactly how yeah. it is, but it's but that doesn't mean that we can't talk about it and have a civil conversation where we're not saying, okay, these people. Yeah, so many, so many themes that I think we come back to over and over on this uh, yeah, in our conversations. Like <laughs> I mean, one of one of them is you know being able to um, keep a kingdom focus in, in a, a world that I think has become so political. Um, yeah, everything's politics, and then yeah. I think another one is social media and how we handle those kind of conversations. So I've definitely seen believers on on really I would say you know if there's sides, both sides of of this latest um, 
conflict, you know, I, I have friends who are very, I would say, uh, pro-Palestinian, um, anti-Israel, and then I have friends who are super pro-Israel, and, and they're always going to side with, with that side, no matter what happens. Um, and the conversation is kind of happening on that level, and it's, it's not necessarily even happening on maybe the higher kingdom level or what is God doing. Yeah. And I think we just have to be, I think we have to be humble at a certain level. Like I, I'm reading Daniel now. So I'm reading about how God is using uh, Nebuchadnezzar, this, this really violent, wicked king. I mean, this guy was killing people just at the drop of a hat, you know, <laughs> um, if they didn't do what he wanted them to do. And yet God had a purpose and a plan for Nebuchadnezzar and, and revealed himself multiple times to this, this evil pagan ruler. And so, like Abby, like you said, God is working. I think that's something that we can have confidence in. Um, he's working even through some of the, um, the, uh, the evil and the, the human fallenness that we see. Um, it doesn't mean that God isn't at work. He actually is at work. So it's something that should drive us to, to pray. And, uh, but to also just admit that I'm not sure exactly what's happening. Um, and I'm confident God is working. Yeah. Well, as usual, this was, a, I think, a really good one. Uh, I'm super thankful for you guys. Zach, we miss you a lot. Love you, brother. Be safe on the road. And, uh, yeah, if you like what we're doing here, you want to see it grow, I think on our YouTube page, we're at, like, 353 subscribers or something like that. Man, we, want, we really want to get to 500. Uh, and you can help with that by uh, clicking the like button or writing a comment or giving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Those are all things that you can do to uh, get this this message out. So thank you guys, and we will see you next in the next couple weeks. Bye. Bye, guys. Thanks for being part of our community. If you find this podcast valuable, there are many ways you can support it. You can review it on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you happen to listen to it. You can share it on social media with your friends. Or you can support it directly by visiting our website, intotheharvest.org, clicking on the donate link, and becoming a monthly giving partner. When you do this, you'll receive a thank you package with some great ITH gear. Thank you for supporting the show and helping our small team make a big difference for Jesus. It's listeners like you that make this ministry possible. 